Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. When your money's on the line, choose a trusted sports book that gives you tools to win, like MyBookie. At MyBookie, it doesn't matter if your team is up or down. You can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. Use my bookie for daily odds boosts, same game parlays, and take advantage of huge prize pool contests. Every single sack, fumble, and touchdown is another chance to hit payday. To get started, go to mybookie.ag and on your first deposit, use promo code TSUS to grab a deposit match up to $1,000. Try the MyBookie money bag to grab a potential Super Bowl front runner at long shot odds. Plus 38,000 on the Eagles and Chiefs. You won't find odds like that anywhere else. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players. And you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at prize picks they also have a slick easy to use mobile app both on the app store and google play they're rated 4.8 stars in the app store with rave reviews so many fans and listeners of the spurs up show have made tons of money with our friends at prize picks and you should as well so again go download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com and when you do use that promo code ts U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Chris, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Appreciate you doing this once again. Yeah, man, of course. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of want to go to Hilton Head now. That's, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. We're actually heading out uh, this afternoon. So nice. going to be there a couple of days. We'll be posted up doing the live show there Thursday and Friday. Going to play a little bit of golf while we're down there, too. So it's going to be a full-on weekend, man, which, uh, you know, you, you need all those things, I think, to distract us. What's going on on the field with South Carolina right now? First thing, Chris, before we get into everything, how much fun have you had with Tennessee fans on social media this week? I It means so much to me that you asked. And <laughs> it, it like, cracks me up because it doesn't matter if I'm on here. I was on, I was on SiriusXM with SC Network this morning, of like, you know, whatever other shows I have. It's been the first question that's been asked every single time. I, I, I'm frothing still at talking shit to Tennessee fans because for a full year, and, and you guys, like, I don't, I think you guys may have forgotten it because we got it in inverse years, right? Like, mm-hmm. where like you guys beat the shit out of them last year, and Bama comes in and and loses in like horrific fashion. But it could not have happened in a more perfect way because to, to not only beat Tennessee in the way they did. But to watch them bitch about the refs is so comically beautiful. Because last year, you're talking about a Bama team that goes in there, had 17 penalties for 130 yards. I remember at one point, Bama got called for five offensive penalties in a span of three plays. Like that, that's, that, it was, it was ridiculous. And to go in there and, and beat them this weekend and, and blank them in the second half and have like Joe Milton hit the crane kick and all that kind of shit and like talking. It's just, it's so, there's not a fan base that deserves it more. And I, I said it on our podcast on, on, on Sunday night. I was like, listen, I went on this whole rant about it. And I was like, I was like, I, I understand it's hard for you to hear Tennessee fans, but I just want to reiterate to you right now that I do not care. I just, I do not care. All of you deserve everything you just got. <laughs> you deserve nothing and get less. Yeah. Or get less and deserve nothing. I should say yeah, either way. Right. Um, Chris, speaking specifically on that game, obviously I, I would say a gutsy performance by Bama mm-hmm. to come out in the second half. I mean, it looked somewhat bleak at halftime. Tennessee's up 20-7. to seven. Maybe you start replaying what happened mm-hmm. last year, and oh my goodness, here we go again. Crimson Tide find a way, outscore Tennessee, what, 24 nothing in the second half, I think it was? Nothing, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, get the W. Where's the greatest growth you're seeing with this Alabama team over a week-in, week-out basis? Obviously, you've got the bye week. Then you go into that LSU game, which is the one we've all been looking forward to. Yeah. But where do you feel like from week one to now, and again, in that win against Tennessee, like where are you seeing the greatest progression with this Bama team? Well, I, and I'll go, I'll go back to last year instead of, instead of week one, just because I think it, it helps. It's an easier answer. 
and that's coaching. And that sounds stupid because when you talk about coaching in Alabama, you have Nick Saban who's the greatest coach of all time and all that kind of stuff. At the same time, that those halftime adjustments are something you haven't seen from Alabama over the past couple of years. I, you know, I, I was very big on the fact that Bama fans were bitching and moaning about the wrong things when you talk about, you know, um, Pete Golding at, at DC and, and Bill O'Brien at offensive quarter. You had a top 10 offense and defense and scoring offense and defense in the country last year, and people still want them out the door. And now you look at offense, and it's like, man, I think a lot of people would probably want that Bill O'Brien offense back. You know what I mean? Um, but from a defensive standpoint, it's it's just it's so bad to think about what they did with the talent they had there. And I never thought I would say this, but it's like I wish that Will Anderson had another year in Kevin Steele's defense, which is just it's such a weird, weird sentence to say because I mean, they didn't turn anyone over. Like they they had three interceptions all last season. That like three. That's almost impossible to do with how much talent they had um, on the defensive side of the ball. But those those, those coaching in game adjustments, like you know, it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable. Um, you know, I, I I compared it to. I don't care. This is your show, so I'm going to say it anyway. But I can I compared it on my show that like. Like watching Bama football is like when your significant other gives you permission to go in the back door. It's because it's going to be very uncomfortable for at least one side for almost the entire time. And it's not fun except for one person for the most part. And it is, it was, it was it's so terrible, but it's just, it's just so awful. It's, it's so tough to watch. And, and you talk about the A&M game where you're down seven at the half and the sky is falling on social media for, for, for fans. And then you're down 13 against Tennessee. The Tennessee thing looked bleak. But, you know, it's like you kind of lay out what you have to do step by step, which is you come back out at half, you got to score on the opening drive. They do it in two plays. You got to make stops and you got to turn them over. And they did all those things. And I just I've, I've been it's been really fun. It sounds stupid and, and arrogant as a Bama fan, but I think Bama fans are so entitled and obnoxious in general that it's hard for them to remember, like, what it's like to be a fan fan of like. This is fun. Like this is, uh, you know, I went back and rewatched the Tennessee second half. Like, like it, it's, it's just, it's been fun because you're, you're watching, you're watching a team kind of grow up in front of you. And then also it's like all the games matter again. And and for a while there, as stupid as it sounds, like you're talking about a, a team that has like a four game season and you're kind of hurry up and get to the next one constantly. So. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It was kind of like being a fan of the Patriots when Tom Brady was the quarterback. Like the regular season's kind of a footnote. It's like, just Mm -hmm. get us to the season. And I I kind of equate it to cheering for Gamecocks women's basketball over the Mm -hmm. last couple of years, where it's like, 
the regular season, I hate to say it, is so meaningless because yeah. if you don't win the national title, the season was a failure anyways. Right. So it's like it's like the season doesn't start until like the Elite Eight. Like yeah. truly, truly. It's crazy as that sounds. Um, Tacoma, we go, Chris. And, and before we get into the game, how surprised, if surprised at all, I know I think I asked you this a couple of weeks ago, but I mean, I, I'm sure you're seeing the chatter starting mm -hmm. to increase. And I know with the portal, with an IL, right, we don't, you know, coaches aren't getting quite the window they used to. But, I mean, I'm someone that I think just how quickly a portion of Gamecock Nation has turned on Shane Beamer mm -hmm. has been really surprising to me. Because this was a guy with the offseason, Chris, I would have told you, he was untouchable. Now, yeah. granted, I knew that no coach was immune to the effects of losing. But, like, it even stuns me to see that, and I'm not saying it's the majority. Obviously, it's not. But, like, there's a portion that it's, like, they're not just disgruntled and mm -hmm. being upset. That's warranted. But, like, they seriously want change. And it's almost like people have been sitting on these takes about Beamer that they haven't been able to say or just have not said because things have been going well. I mean, are, are you surprised at that all? Or do you just feel like that's modern-day college football? And if you don't have it rolling by year three, it's like, get that guy out of there and, and get the next guy in there. Yeah, man, I'm surprised. Like, I think I think before the season, I made the joke repeatedly. I was like, you know, Beamer and Pittman. It's like two guys that feel untouchable that everyone's pulling for. I, I, I mean, I called, I called Beamer skinny Shane or skinny Sam Pittman repeatedly, and and like, you know, I think that the the ire and the the response from fans is both fair and unfair at the same time. If that makes sense, and part of it's because it's like. You know, like you're right. Like in this day and age of football, you want to win, you want to win now. And it's not going to get any easier for the SEC because you're going, you're going to add Texas and Oklahoma next year. Um, I've been on this this front of this, like you know, from from the moment they announced it, that there were like three teams that I thought this was really bad for that jumped off or jumped up to my mind immediately was South Carolina, Mississippi State, and Kentucky. And those are three teams that like you you've kind of had a ceiling like above your head. And I fully understand what the three years in the in the early 2010s did and and were for South Carolina football. I fully get it. Um, I mean, you're talking about one of four programs in the country to have 11 wins each season for three straight years. That's not easy to do. Um, at the same time, it's it's hard to look at this program and think like, all right, we well, got Georgia sitting above you. Tennessee's got it rolling a little bit, at least with the recruiting trail. And then and then Florida is who knows what, but they they still beat y'all last year. Uh, or this year. I mean, the thing for, for Beamer is like, you, you kind of expected this to be a slow build, right? Like, I mean, like Muschamp really ran it into the ground. Then you fire him in a COVID year, you get Beamer to come out and it's, it's a big, big, big task and undertaking for what he's done. I think what, what has been the biggest concern is like Beamer hasn't helped himself at all, which is surprising because he is a likable dude. He is. And he, and he wants to be there and you can tell it matters to him, but like these post-game press conferences where there's always something to, to that, like you're left with, whether it's good, bad, or, or somewhere in between, it's usually not in between, but like, there's just always something that he says that you're like, dude, just like help yourself a little bit and don't say shit like that. And then the other thing is that like, you know, he's not helping himself in terms of like, what was the biggest win of the off season last year? It was signing Nick Harbor. And I hate to keep, you know, beating a dead horse, but it's like, if you're going to lose at loose, lose, at least lose in like a fun way. Like 
there's just no way you can tell me that kid can't be a part of the offense. And if you're trying to like, I don't think he's trying to save his job by any means, but it's annoying and it's very frustrating to watch when it's like, all right, well, you've you've gotten to a point where you're what, two and six? Two and five with A and M looming. So two and six. And <laughs> and like and not to be rude, but like no, I mean, yeah, I, well, I, maybe Maybe they go on the road. Like it would be two, awesome. Two touch, two touchdown, touchdown underdogs. So I mean, it's it's fair. It's fair. I don't know what Vegas is thinking there, yeah, but A and M minus fourteen is the line in that one. Oh, I would hammer South Carolina probably. Um, but like, but South Carolina, like you're not really helping yourself. And it's like if you're going to lose, at lose at least lose in a way where it's like, hey, look what we have coming back next year. And 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 I just can't figure out for the life of me what Beamer's doing because you've got a guy like Nick Harbor who's clearly the best athlete on the team. Like, like he is the biggest, he's one of the best, the best athletes in the country. Like just like bottom line, no matter how you look at it. Right. And, and you've got a kid that's just sitting on the sideline. And then whenever you do put him in, he, he explodes. It's like, you know, he had, he had that one catch for like 45 yards two weeks ago against whoever it was. And then I think he had two for 52 this week against Mizzou. If the, if the offense is too difficult for him to understand it, then dumb it down for him. And if it's, if it's like, if, if he's, I, I just cannot for the life of me understand why he's not in. And, and to be very clear too, I'm not saying that the offense is too, too difficult for me to understand. I'm just saying I can't understand what the reasons are to keep him off the field. So if that's one of them, make an adjustment. That's you, you, like, it's at some point you need to cater the whole offense to him. But like, what offense are like, what do you have to lose here besides him in the portal? And to your point, Chris, I think they're they're not going to have much of a choice this week but having to use him more because it sounds like Xavier Leggett may not play. He's questionable for this game. South Carolina, I mean, is just the – they are decimated with injuries yeah. across the board on the offensive line especially. And to your point about the pressers too, it's interesting. When you're winning, nobody really cares what you say nope. at a press conference. When you're losing, anything and everything that can be used against you yep. will be used against you. All of a sudden, that stuff matters. So – I mean, Gamecocks get throttled 34 to 12 at Mizzou, which admittedly, Chris, you know, maybe I drank some of the Beamer Kool-Aid or, or whatever. My Garnet yeah. Black Blood, I, I mistakenly picked South Carolina to win, thought it would rally around the broken foot and everything that had happened. And this is just a bad football team. There's no other way to put it. Yeah. Mizzou was a very good football team, by the mm -hmm. way. We should give a lot of credit to Missouri and, and what they are. But uh, again, I, I just think of right now, Chris, it's, you know, losing is one thing, but I think how it's happening, you yeah. know, in year three, you know, it's year three of the Beamer tenure and you're going on the road, taking on a team that Gamecock fans want to believe they're on the same level as, and many Gamecock fans want to believe South Carolina still is ahead of Missouri as a program and Mizzou mm -hmm. is trash and they shouldn't be in the SEC and you're getting throttled. You know what I mean? Oh. So like, that's where the chatter's coming from, obviously. Well, let me let me say this too, though, and, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but I think this is one of those things where it's like you need to check that whole arrogance at the door right now if you're South Carolina fans, and and, and that's like that's not saying that that you're not a great pro or you're not a good. And, I, and Chris, I've done that many times. I would like yeah. to say that I've 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 done that. Like I, my immediate takeaway was you got to stop. Like everybody's just right. got to stop. Like well, it, you you can't lose five in a row and. No, be a better, you're, but you're the better pro. It just doesn't. Maybe, maybe, maybe the fan base will hear it better from me than you. So, so gather around. But like, this isn't this isn't a negative thing about your program. It's just stating the facts of where you are right now. You're not a better program than than Mizzou. You're probably not a better program than Kentucky. And if you really look at where these programs lie in the SEC East, just the SEC East alone, you're probably about fifth. 
You're probably about fifth. Like, I mean, you're ahead of Vandy. Who am I missing? Florida. You're not ahead of Florida. You're not ahead of Georgia. So, it, it, so it Carolina would be sixth. So, so Carolina would be sixth or a tie fifth. Right now, yeah. I think that's probably an accurate thing where they are. And here's the thing. It's, I'm talking about this year. This is not an end result of like the of the Beamer era. We've seen the highs of the Beamer era in terms of wins. We haven't seen it from like a full season. But it's not like you guys have had the best run of luck anyway. It's like your offensive line and defensive line has been really, really bad, especially in the offensive line. And the offensive line and, and then the receiver position, which is arguably your best and deepest position going into the year, is decimated with injuries. So it's like, you know, it, it's tough. I've said this over and over and over again with Bama and receivers, Clemson and quarterback and, and then receiver. Like, it's hard to replace year after year of really, really good talent, sometimes generational talent. The best talent that's come from, from South Carolina over the past couple of years has been defensive back and probably a little bit on the defensive line. And it's hard to replace some of those guys. And, like, I don't care if Jordan Birch didn't pan out at Carolina. He's still a five-star recruit that's right down the road and it's a really good player that's doing pretty well at Oregon. It's hard to replace those kind of guys. So, like, yeah, I know it's year three, but th this isn't always the trajectory of, like, how things work. I mean, fuck, man. Like, if we're talking about just my life in general, we're here. We're here all the time. And maybe for right now, you're here. I promise you, you're going to come back up. But you also have to, like, you can't overreact in, like, the moments like this where it's, like, the sky is falling. We need to replace Beamer right now. Because who are you going to go get that's somehow going to be necessarily better than Beamer? And I don't think Beamer's that bad. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code SPURSUP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP, S-P-U-R-S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought, whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. And Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app 
or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Success isn't linear, and it's funny, Chris, how in you know real life, obviously, I mean, I, I can attest as an entrepreneur, like we mm-hmm. allow for failure and we embrace it, look at it as a great thing. But when it comes to sports, it's it's just frowned upon. I, I would ask you this, Chris, as someone that you know, I think you're detached enough from it, yeah. Because unfortunately, and again, I'm I'm somewhat stunned by it that this mm-hmm. week this has been a lot of the commentary and content we produced that talking about where we sit year three of the Beamer era, how long should he get, right? I'm getting questions like, when when should we pull the trigger, what have you. Like, you're looking at this from the outside perspective. What do you think the window should be? I mean, I I just – because I I look at it as I think Beamer gets until 2025 at minimum, which would be Mm -hmm. year five. If South Carolina is still meddling around five and seven or six and six, yeah. Chris, I just don't think coaches get that long anymore. Like I, I just, yeah. I think once you get to year five, into year five, you know what you have for the most yeah. part. Uh, I know Steve Spurrier got longer, but he's Steve Spurrier, right? right. You were going to give him as long as he wanted. So I, I'm curious, asking you, like, do you just, do you just, because I think Arkansas and South Carolina in similar positions, it's like maybe you're just better off riding it out with this guy, but at the same time, you can't just ignore very obvious red flags that may present themselves. So, I mean, is there, is there an easy answer in your mind for this, or is it something you just kind of have to see how it, how it plays out? I mean, it's, it's, you know, the culture is going to be great. You know, Mm Beamer is going to be, have that infectious energy. You know, he wants to be there, but you know, as well as I do, it's a wins and losses business. And if you're not winning, that trumps everything else. Yeah, I, I think um, I think it's a little bit of both, right? I think I think it's like part of it is the fact that it's like I I hate to say this, I I, I just that 2011 to 2013 season ruined your fan base, and and it gave you this like taste of like oh my gosh, like this is what we should be every year, and it's something you've never been. It, like it, it's that's something you've never been, and you were for three years. And I'm not saying this to be a dick, but what did you win? during those three years that was so like you didn't win a division title let alone a conference or national anything like that so part of me is looking at it, it's like i i think i miss the days of old where it's like you know what like I, I think Pittman, you give that you give him the keys to that until he's done and because like if you're arkansas what is the what is the ceiling especially i know they're going to go away from divisions at least for a year but like you know, what is the ceiling for the SEC West? And now if you're Beamer, you're coming into not only the SEC East, which was down for a while, but you're coming in at this time where it's like Kirby has this, is, is has the best program in the country and hates you for some reason. Tennessee is coming in and, and getting their entire – I mean, Tennessee, people – people. I always forget how much older I am than people because I'm, I'm 37. But, like, people are too young now to remember that Tennessee was a dominant, dominant force nationally. Like they would recruit from coast to coast and put like kids on. I can't tell you how many kids I saw come out of Tennessee from like California and Hawaii and like Oregon and just be like top tier studs. And, and like, they're getting back to being like, a, you know, a, a national blue blood because of NIL and stuff. It's a tough time for Beamer. I think you give him till year five. And the other part is if he's five and seven going into year five, then yeah, give him the boot. He's got to go. But it's also, it speaks a lot to the fact of like, I'm not pinning all this on Beamer on the field. What I am pinning to Beamer is it's this is South Carolina is a perfect example of how important coaching hires are and how important it is to hire a the correct offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator and how much success you can have as a head coach 
because of the people you hire. You look at there's not a better example in the history of college football than Ed Orgeron. Ed Orgeron, 2019, went out and got Joe Burrow. Then he, or, I mean, that was 2018, but he, he goes out and gets Joe Burrow. Then he comes out and gets um, what's his name, the passing game coordinator, who was Joe like Brady, right? Joe Brady. Yeah. He goes out and gets Joe Brady and and keeps Insminger, and it's like all of a sudden we have these receivers that were you know one's a two star recruit, one's a four star recruit. They're running on everyone, and then we have this new innovative type of offense that's like torching everyone. There, there's or, not weren't they that, weren't they picked to finish like third in the West that year or something? I, I think probably. They, I know that. I yeah. know that, that was one of Bama's revenge tour years. I know that because of 2018. <laughs> but like, um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I think it just goes to show you that, and I don't think that they have a bad hire on offense. I think he's been very hamstrung with, with the injuries, but defense has been atrocious. And you have to go out and go get yourself a D coordinator that's going to turn this thing around because because I, I just you know yardage doesn't doesn't really matter on the scoreboard. But my God, if you could give up like. A hundred less yards a game, which doesn't seem to be that difficult considering how much they're giving up. Like I, that kind of stuff matters. Yeah, it, it's been rough sledding for the Gamecocks defense, to say the least. You look across the board of the statistics, Marler, and it's what's scary is if it's not one thing, it's another. In the sense right. of when South Carolina says, "You know what? Our secondary is terrible. Last in the country in pass defense. We're going to sell out to stop the pass." Well, then you give up over two hundred yards on the ground. It's like yeah. well, you, you just can't win. And on that note, you take on Texas A&M this weekend. You got your reaction to the line. Aggies are a 14-point favorite. They come off the bye week. South Carolina goes to a place in Kyle Field. They've never won before. South Carolina, Gamecock Nation is dejected. <coughs> this is, this is Marler, I hate to say this, but this week it feels very must-champish era where it's like the fan base already knows the game is over before it's mm -hmm. even started. And that's a really unfortunate place to be in. That being said, though, hey, that being said, we can't overstate the incompetence of Texas A&M and what they're likely yeah. to do. But anyways, no, hold on, hold on. Jimbo. Let me yeah, stop you right now. Let me stop you yeah. right now. Yeah. And, and let, let me all, – all of – I haven't even checked the chat, and I'm not going to because I'm assuming it's it's upset. <laughs> but, like, let me reel all of you back in. A&M, you have a much better chance of beating Texas A&M than you did Missouri. A much better chance of beating Texas A&M than you did Missouri. Missouri is a really good football team. Like the environment on the road is not as difficult, but you're going to an 11 a.m. kick in College Station. 85,000 boys named Bryce and Jace, arm in arm, swaying back and forth, singing fucking summertime country like camp songs. Like, get the fuck out of here. This this is this is a rivalry game where you had like rivalry game. Um, it's a trophy game, which is still hilarious to me. Um, this game, you have a much better chance of winning. And I think if there's a game you talk about rallying the troops or stupid shit that could happen to where South Carolina can pull like pull out a victory, it's this one. So I don't think this is a must champ era type type loss that you're walking you're walking into. I, I know what I said earlier and about how like yeah, on paper it's it's terrifying to think the fact that AM leads the country in sacks and South Carolina seemingly leads the country in sacks allowed. That being said. Spencer Rattler on the road, like, hasn't been the best. Go out there and, like, this is this is the, like, go back. I'm going to get all fired up. Go back a year a year ago. Did you think you had a chance against South Carolina or against Tennessee? No. Did you think you really had a chance against Clemson? Let me rephrase that. Did you think you had a chance against Clemson before you beat Tennessee? No. So go into this, mind, go into this mindset of, or going into this game with the mindset of, like, oh, we have no chance. Good. Good, because you didn't think you did last year when you had the best chance to win. Did you think you had a chance to go on the road and beat Georgia in 2019? Because I didn't. You were 4-8. and eight. 
and you fucking beat them. Like, go in there and shock the world. Do like do what Beamer and, and South Carolina tends to do in this situation, and that is linger and stick around and stick around, and then oh, all of a sudden it's in the fourth quarter, and you want to talk about somebody getting fucking tight in in the in the fourth quarter of games? Jimbo Fisher with his job on the line because Beamer doesn't have his job on the line right now, regardless of all the ire from the 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 fans. So go win a fucking ball game, like like I, that kind of stuff. Like this is a perfect spot for South Carolina. And I swear to God, if that's the clip you show and I look remotely fat, I'm going to punch you in the mouth next time I see you. <laughs> well, to your point, Chris, this definitely feels like a spot that, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say if Texas A&M loses, that's it for Jimbo. He's, oh, yeah. he's, done. he's, he's done. done. He's cooked. Yeah. He's finished. No matter the buyout, buyout be damned. Jimbo Fisher is gone. So I think it's a fascinating matchup. Shane Beamer, he needs it, but not in the way Jimbo needs it. Not even yeah. remotely close. Um, looking at the rest of the Week 9 slate, Chris, world's mm-hmm. largest outdoor cocktail party. No Brock Bowers for Georgia. Uh, dogs are a two-touchdown favorite in this one. Does Florida stand a shot of the upset because of no Brock Bowers? Do you think they can keep up some of that offensive momentum they generate against the Gamecocks, or would you expect Georgia uh, to roll in this one? I hope Florida wins. I hope I don't care how that sounds. You know, it it is it is what's today, October twenty-sixth or twenty-fifth? Twenty-fifth. October twenty-fifth. And and Georgia and Michigan are the top two teams in the country. You want to take a guess at what their strength of schedule is for both teams? Not very high. 109th and 110th. It is almost the end of October, and those two teams. It's a fucking joke. They ain't played nobody, Paul. They haven't played anybody. <laughs> they haven't played anybody. Um, Bama, by the way, who never plays anybody, sitting there at seven. Uh, just, just throwing that out there. Um, but there's like, there's, and there's a bunch of like everyone else. It's the last in the SEC for for Georgia. Um, yeah, and and like, ugh, I'm not gonna get into it, but I know I do think there's a chance. I do think there's a chance for Florida. I think if enough stupid stuff happens. Um, in this game, which can tend to happen in rivalry games that that I think Georgia could lose. The thing that scares me is there's not a coach in the country that hates another team more than than Kirby Smart hates Florida. And you can see it in all the gifts and the F these mother blankers and all that kind of stuff. Like he hates Florida. Um I think that when the lights have have, have shined brightest over the past couple of years, it's when Georgia has kind of played their best, uh, especially over the last year and a half or so. Now Last team to get them in the regular season was was Florida. That's a much different team. I think I think Napier and, and company will come out like they're going to play good defense. And I think if you're Florida, the best thing you can do is is like it's somewhat what I said about South Carolina is just linger around because we haven't seen Georgia outside the Kentucky game piece together a 60 minute football game once this season. And I don't know if they do it this week uh, in 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 Jacksonville. Um. You know, this sounds stupid because it feels like I'm covering all my bases, but I, I, there's two. There's only two outcomes I can see happening, and that is enough stupid crap happens where there's like a blocked punt or a fumbled punt or, you know, some weird turnovers, like they have three turnovers, and Florida somehow returns one of them for a touchdown, and, and, and they are able to win that way, or Georgia blows them out. And if it's between those two, I'm leaning more towards Georgia blows them out just because Carson Beck has been a lot better than people realize. Um, and that offense is way more than Brock Bowers, so we'll we'll see. Yeah, Chris, I got a feeling that the uh, the South Carolina defense has tricked us into thinking Florida some offense <laughs> juggernaut when they are really not. Yeah. Uh, finally, Chris, game I'm really excited about. I think this one's going to be a lot of fun. Kentucky, Tennessee, and Lexington Cats are a three and a half point underdog. 
Tennessee coming off the loss to Alabama. Joe Milton on the road. Uh, a pretty good Kentucky defense. I think the big question in this one is just can Devin Leary find something off of the bye week? Liam Cohen, you know, the running yeah. game is going to be there with Ray Davis. You got the weapons on the outside, but Devin Leary's just been awful. probably one of the more underwhelming players. Yeah, awful. But he's been, of all the guys that came in the season, like with expectations, yeah. he's probably been the most underwhelming of them all. So when you look at this game, what do you like? What do you not like? What, what, do you lean a certain way? I mean, I, I feel like this is one of those true just coin flip ball games in the SEC. You think it's a coin flip? I mean, night game at Kentucky. I mean, I, I you know, I want I don't you know. I mean, when we get off this when we get off the show. I want you and everyone else in the comments to go see how much money you have in your bank account. <laughs> I don't want you to tell me what it is, okay? Because I don't want to feel put to shame. Because I know it's all it's it's way more than me. I want all of you to go check your bank account. And I want you to take out however much you have that you can still pay rent next month. Because I know the first is coming up, okay? Right. Take out the rest of it. Or fuck, man, just take all of it out and put it on Tennessee. Put it on Tennessee money line or put it on Tennessee to cover three and a half. I would say the money line if you're, if you're, if you're going big. Tennessee is going to smoke Kentucky. This is like hands down the lock of the week. I, I did this little deep dive last night. First off, Kentucky's not good. Kentucky's not a good football team. Said it a year ago. People got upset with me. They ranked seventh in the country for some fucking reason in the, in the month of September. They're not a good football team. They don't do things consistently well. They had a 14 nothing lead on Mizzou. Then they let a punter ruin their entire like rest of the day. Like they, I mean, it's 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 they're not a good football team. Tennessee coming off a loss under Josh Heupel, they're seven and one. They have averaged winning those seven games by an average of thirty eight point three points per game. They've averaged scoring. 51.8 points per game in the eight games they've had following a loss. And I saw somebody push back on this today. It's like, well, yeah, those games were against like Vandy and Mizzou. And well, you know what? Those that's Kentucky. That those like Mizzou is obviously better than Kentucky. Kentucky's not a great team. Tennessee will smoke Kentucky this weekend. It, it they will absolutely destroy Kentucky. Well said, Chris. Hey, you swayed me. That's all I know. You there swayed you me. Uh, Chris, one final thing before I get you out of here. Yeah. Sam Pittman obviously fired Dan Enos, uh, a move that I think was was necessary, kind of using him as the scapegoat, obviously. My bigger is question is this. Right, right. He is the scapegoat. My, my bigger question is this. Do you think Sam Pittman makes it to next season as Arkansas's head coach? I do. And let me let me take the time, since you've asked me this question, to, to tell Dan Enos, because I know he's a fan of the show and I know he's listening right now. This is what happens when you have karma come back to bite you in the fucking ass. Because when you come home from, from California after you lose a national championship game, ready to be promoted as the offensive coordinator at Alabama under Nick Saban, and then you pack up your entire office in the middle of the night and then don't tell anybody and just don't show up for the meeting the next morning, that's about as cowardly as you can fucking get. And I, I hope Enos, I hope nothing but pain travels with him at every stop he has the rest of the year. Or the rest of, his, rest of his career. So there you go. It's good to know, Chris, that bad things still happen to bad people. Uh, unless you're Will Muschamp, and then everything good happens to you for whatever reason. So True. I don't know. <laughs> Chris Marler, Saturday Down South, Saturday Football Uncensored. Chris, always great stuff, oh, man. I appreciate it. There we go. See you, man.